Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's me again. I'm flying solo for the intro, Um, but rest assured, Zoe will be joining us in the episode. She actually had to run to the airport. I think she had about five minutes to go. So it was just me here again. So today's chat is one that comes up a lot, actually, and it's about... I guess letting go of perfection and shaping the type of parents that we want to become. It's one of those chats that's kind of ever evolving. We always find more things to say on the subject. Ultimately, we just really want to raise well-rounded, happy individuals, but we also want to be well-rounded, happy individuals ourselves as parents. And we just kind of try and provide them with the tools to make their own way rather than actually letting them mirror our behaviour. So today we are going to be chatting to Zoe Blasky, who is the host of the Motherkind podcast, and she's also a coach. And she is on a mission to help you become the most alive and joyful version of you, which I think is just beautiful. So let's get into it. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say that both of us really need this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so, so thrilled uh, to welcome this incredible lady to the podcast. Uh, Founder of Motherkind. She's a qualified transformational coach. It's Zoe Blasky. Yay! Can you fix us? How are you? I'll try. I'm all right. I'm all right. We just, um, we went away last week. So I'm in that slightly post-holiday zen uh, and the kids went back to school. So yeah, it's nice to have a bit of breathing space from a week, you know, ferrying them in and out the pool. You know what it's like? Yeah, yes. they call it a holiday, but let's let's just talk about that. Because when, you, when you're taking kids away, it ain't. It's not. It's not. I, I actually wrote about this yesterday uh, on social because it's. It, I used to think of holidays. Well, holidays used to be, right? Having a lion, Laying a long, down lazy all day. Night, reading yeah. a book a day. Yeah. And, and I think... If you go into a holiday with little ones with any expectation you're going to sit down for more than five minutes, you're going to get resentful. So I just call it a break. It's just a break. It's a change of scenery. That's change what I said. Okay, we're going for a change of scenery. And also, if we stay in a hotel, I do think to myself, well, at least I'm not like making the beds and I'm not um, like making Cooking the breakfast, breakfast and I'm yeah. not doing those sorts of things. So, you know, look for the positives. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a break from the normal routine. It's definitely not a holiday. 
sometimes I think it's harder because at home I've got their toys. You know, I know we can go to the local park and that'll be an hour past. Whereas on holiday, it's been like, oh my God. And they get up earlier. I'm like putting them to bed later and later every night and they're getting up earlier and earlier. I don't know what's, what that's it's about. It's that whole thing, isn't it? You put them to bed like five hours later and they wake up 15 minutes later in the morning. Like five hours later going to bed equals 15 minutes later in the morning. Lovely. Sometimes earlier. Sometimes so earlier. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the math that doesn't work. Okay, Zoe, for anybody listening, um, can you just talk to us a little bit about Motherkind? Yeah, I'd love to. So I, um, I started it or the seeds of it started when I was in that, you know, full on first year of motherhood. And I had been in this sort of well-being coaching world before motherhood. So I was like, oh, you know, I've got some tools. I know what I'm up to. I was already trained as a coach and supporting people. And yet it floored me. That first year of motherhood absolutely floored me more than I ever Mm. had imagined. And I know now that's a totally normal, almost universal experience, but I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. And I started looking around for um, support, I guess, from coaches, therapists, because that was my world. That's what I'd always done. I'd come up against a problem and I'd had lots in my twenties and thought, okay, who can help me with this? And so I started looking for that same sort of content around motherhood and I didn't find much. There was a bit in America I found loads on what to wear, how to start your side hustle, uh, which step was the naughty step, what brand of gin to drink for the overwhelm. And I'm like, I was sober eight years at that point. I was like, well, that's not going to help me. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about what I look like. It was my, it was my inner experience that was just so hard. I, you know, I thought that I'd changed a lot of my def- self-defeating beliefs about not feeling good enough and being really perfectionist and really comparing myself and all of that just came up louder than ever before in that first year what sort of things like what sort of things were coming up what 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 did you feel like you like weren't doing well enough yeah I think I've always had a sense of not feeling good enough and I'd worked really hard in my sort of late 20s early 30s on that and then when I became a mum it just everything I did I felt that I wasn't doing it well enough. And mm. the parenting books were making it a lot, lot, lot worse. A lot worse. Like every parenting book that I picked up seemed to really turn the volume up on you're not doing it right. I remember picking up one and I won't name it because it's not fair. And it had this table about identifying your baby's cry. Don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. I know and it was like, I think I do. <laughs> if the cry's like this, then your baby's hungry. If the cry's like, and I think it said something like, you know, a mother will be able to identify the 20 different cries that your baby has because you're so innately connected. And I remember just bursting into tears and thinking, they all sound the same to me. She won't stop crying. I can't handle this. I'm terrible mm. at this. I'm not, I'm not cut out for it. I cannot do it. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really all that stuff came up. Perfectionism came up. Control came up, which is a massive way that I used to help myself feel safe in the world right. before motherhood. I would try and control everything and everyone and micromanage to feel safe. That's what control is about. It's about safety. But obviously when you try and do that with a baby or young mm. children, it mm. doesn't work. You have to find other ways to start to bring that safety to yourself. So I started looking outside of parenting books. I was like, right, so parenting books and parenting content ain't going to be helping me. Where <laughs> can I look? So I started looking at... Um, 
loads of different sources and, and really amazing sort of deep thinkers in the world about generational patterns and about, you know, psychotherapy. And that really, really helped me. I started to understand stuff like um, I will experience in my parenting role what happened to me at that same age. I was like, why is no one told me that? So I said to my mom, how was our first year together? She was like, really hard. I was like, okay, so this is being mirrored and triggered back to me. So I started doing all this research, but this was just for me. And then yeah. I started telling friends about it. I'm sure you guys had the same experience when you started this podcast. And someone said, I think you should share this on a wider scale. Why don't you get some of these guests in and share what you're learning? And I was really resistant. I was super resistant. Why was that? I'd come from a corporate background. I was right. like in marketing. I'd never even interviewed anyone publicly. I had no idea how to start podcasts. I didn't want to really have a public persona or social platform. I just thought, no, that's not for me. I'll enjoy consuming other people and other people's work. And um, yeah, I think it's like a truism of life, isn't it? That's sort of what you resist most often. Comes to you. Yeah, yeah, unlocks yeah. the greatest yeah. transformation yeah. and it's really what you're meant to do. And so I did it with a lot of resistance. I recorded six episodes of the podcast. I told myself, you don't have to put them out. That's how I did it. So I was like, you record them, but you don't have to release them. And then I did. And then, yeah, that was four years ago. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, an, that's amazing. And actually, George and I, weirdly, like everything that you're saying is resonating with us because that's kind of how we started Made by Mamas for those exact reasons. I think George and I, you know, didn't really read the first time around any parenting books. And, and, and like you said, once we sort of started delving into those, you know, that were sort of being pushed towards us, that's when we were like, fuck <laughs> like we're not doing it right or our baby's not crawling yet do you remember yeah. when I was trying to do a routine I think it must have been about three months in or something and I had this like strict timetable and every time I didn't hit felt like a mini failure yeah every single thing I thought oh gosh it's eight o'clock and I'm supposed to have had a glass of water and I haven't had one yet oh well that's it then that's it I've done it it's, it's all off there's no point anymore he came to the gym one day because we used to do this routine where we used to put the babies in a cre in the creche for a couple of hours and basically just try and do a bit of exercise or just sit and drink coffee and yeah. she came to the dream one day and she was like hair everywhere and you know oh, ah, ah. and I said what's wrong and she goes oh, I haven't had a wee yet and it says I should have had a wee and a glass of water and I was like um, Jesus Georgia like you've got to stop this <laughs> but that's what it does and if it like you said if it was happening to us it was happening to every single woman globally mm. yeah they are they are so beneficial, I think, in so many ways. But the whole the whole culture of telling you how to do things in motherhood has got to stop. It creates so much more anxiety. Do you do you exactly. feel the same? I totally agree. I th I think we need to. I think that's what I'm trying to do in motherkind, and what you guys do at this platform so brilliantly is give the power back to the to the mothers and ask ourselves, you know, really important and powerful questions. Like I speak to so many mums who are trying to do routines like that, and I'll say, well. Are you a routine person? Yeah. Are you a structured person? Oh God, no. Before kids, I love being spontaneous. I love going with the flow. And like, so that's just who you are. Just yeah. go, go with who you are as a mother, as a parent. There's no right way. And I think, I think you're absolutely right, Zoe. The, the, the moment we start thinking there's a right way, we're kind of screwed because, yeah. the, because we're not going to be able to do it based on someone else's perception of how we should be doing it. So I think, you know, and I talk about this tons on Motherkind. That's what I coach 
um, mums with really is is helping them figure out, okay, what's important to you now that you're a mother? Because that all changes, right? It's like throwing your life up in the air. How do you want the pieces to land back? What, what's important to you now? You know, what yeah. do you really value in your family? And, and how are you going to live that? And no book can tell you that. And actually, mm. I've spoken to some of the best you know, most world-renowned parenting experts on the podcast, as I'm sure you guys have. And, and they all sort of say the same thing, actually, which is that, that they get it wrong loads too. So it's mm. like, okay, so we're all just sort of muddling through together. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, think, I think just giving that power back to, to us as the mothers and the parents and saying, you know, what is important to you? What do you need to do? What do you need help with? Mm. Because it's going to be different for every single person like some people might find it really easy to connect emotionally with their children mm, I find mm. that really hard so it's you know some people might find that you know it, it's it's so different just as every single individual is different it's kind of insane that we think that we can buy a book and parent just, in one yeah, way exactly it's not a one-size-fits-all approach I mean we don't have humans don't come with a with a instruction manual do they so I don't know why we expect that every single book is just going to slot in and and we'll just follow that those rules and that we'll live our parenting lives by that I think what we like to do is you know open it up and learn about lots of different parenting styles and hear from lots of different people and then you know mothers and fathers and um, carers can take what they want from each yes. individual experience mm-hmm. you've spoken a lot about sort of not setting yourself up for failure and perfection can you just talk to us because we hear about this a lot you know we we want our houses to be tidy we want to have careers we want to go to the gym we want to be great parents we want to be at every assembly like I mean that's I I, you know do you know what that's one of the things I've just let go that's one of the I've just that that having a clean car is just not on my list anymore (laughs) how do we stop striving for that perfection the, the truth of it is it's actually quite a deep answer like I could give like some pithy answers on like oh what do you need to let go of like the dirty car but the the truth of it is that perfectionism at its core is about not feeling good enough right so what yeah. we t- what we do it's it's an adaptation so we we adapt and we think if I can make things around me perfect then I'll feel good enough so it's actually it's actually unfortunately <laughs> quite deep work to start thinking okay how can I feel enough when you know my house might be really messy I might look really messy my children might look really messy wh- whatever might be going on that feels deeply imperfect how can I still feel okay with that and I actually think that's a life's work I mean I've been looking at that for 15 years and I'm still I am still you know it happened this morning the kids have got um photographs at school and so you know I gave that hair a bit of an extra brush but I didn't go all out because you know busy life I get into school and it looks like a bloody fashion parade like all these kids are like perfect and you know my first thought was oh my gosh you know I've messed up I'm not good enough my kids don't look as neat and as tidy as everyone else I'm straight into comparison I'm straight into not enough and had to watch that first thought and the first thought is always going to be negative typically Mm. okay your first thought's always going to be negative the key to everything I think is don't listen to that first thought my second thought was they look great 
they're fine. I don't even need to buy the bloody photo. It doesn't matter. And then I was, and then I was on my way again. But in years gone by, that would have really, you know, I could have ruminated on that. And I know some mothers that would have perhaps gone back into school with an extra bow and a new top and you know, really sort of gone for that. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because um, we, we, when we got Luna's photographs back and my initial thought was I should have put a clip in. That's the first thing I thought rather than looking at my amazingly bright, wonderful, funny little girl and thinking, wow, I went, oh shit, I should have put a clip in. That's what I thought in my head. And then I took a step back and thought, no, look at that smile. Look at that face. Like how ridiculous that that's yeah. what I thought. It, I really gave myself a bit of a whipping from that because I thought, no, that's ridiculous. And also about her hair, like I've got a thing about my hair because I'm losing it. So I have to clip, clip extensions in now. And I was brushing Luna's hair the other day and I was going, in my head, I was thinking, is Luna's hair thick enough? I was like, oh, whoa. Like it's really the intrusive thoughts that come in that you project onto your children. They are quite hard to shunt out. And it's a real yeah. process to go through in your mind. Don't vocalize it. Think about yeah. it, process it and eject it. That's what I try and do because it's yeah. so silly. I always think about the photos that I like looking back on because they're not the ones where everybody's smiling and looking yeah. at the camera like perfectly. They're not. They're the candid, funny pictures. I mean, I've got um, a school photo, Axel and Gigi, and it, we had torrential rain on the way to school. So they are both <laughs> like drowned rats. And actually, every time I see that photo, I just crack up laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, that morning, it was so funny. I'd blow dried Gigi's hair for the first time. In fact, I'd actually put bronzer on both of them um, because I thought they looked a bit pale <laughs> and uh, which was just hilarious in itself and, th and then we walked to school got completely drenched and so now I have got that memory forever I remember every part of that morning because it How was lovely. such a shamble yeah did they have streaky bronzer probably <laughs> fake Tanya kids fake what Tanya kids what me to think oh they're looking a bit peaky best get best put a bit of bronzer on I mean I know we do live in Essex and you know there's a certain skin skin tone of orange here well, well I've never done that before I've never done it since but on school photo day I thought yeah let's get the that'd be a around. good idea to do it Zoe can we can we talk about the um the the kind of the most sort of frequent questions that you're you're posed so the things that people come to you the things that mothers come to you the most and, and ask for sort of help or advice with yeah I think I think one of the most because I talk a lot about these generational cycles, because when I was back in the, you know, the, the depths of that sort of first year and trying to figure out what's going on, I really thought that was just mind blowing to me that we essentially repeat what was done to us or we pendulum totally the other way. So, so it's all about trying to come into the middle and figure out, okay, what, what was my childhood like? You know, what would I want to repeat from my family? And what do I want to do differently in this generation? And I think that's probably the most important question you can ask yourself as a parent because it's mm. really profound. So I get asked a lot about that almost like every day, you know, how do I actually do this change? I think we talk a lot about it. There's a lot of conversation going on now, which is fantastic. But I think the actual doing of it is is quite hard. And sorry, I think you made such a good point earlier about that first thought, it being really hard. And then you taking a moment so that you're not sort of exhaling that over your children. And that's really what it is. I think it's just forgiving yourself for that first thought. And those those first thoughts, that, that inner critic, as I would call it, it's actually the inherited critic. So mm. that voice of they need to look better. That would have been someone, you know, in your in your orbit when you were little. Could have been a caregiver, could have been a parent, could have been a teacher, could have been media you're absorbing. But you've absorbed this idea 
that that how someone looks is very 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 important Mm. now that's not your idea you you've absorbed that and you're doing that was so incredible what you did in that moment which was that you didn't put it onto Luna onto Luna yeah Yeah. it's amazing and it's such hard work it really is and I just honor any parent that that decides to think okay so I really want sounds like you really want Luna to just love and honor who she is and how yeah so it's it's amazing that you've recognized that that's something alive within you and mm. you're transforming that for the next generation. That's what I get asked most about is, is how do I do that? You know, and equally on the other side, you know, what were some of the things that were incredible? What are the, some of the messages that I really want to um, instill into my children? And, and how do I do that as well? I think the hard thing is, is that, you know, clearly we're trying to do this on a landscape where we've got no time. That's we're what I was going to say. It's yeah. so hard. It's so hard. So I also spend a lot of my time talking to mothers about, okay, so they'll come to me really overwhelmed, mm-hmm. really stressed out. They'll often be on the edge of burnout, stuck in perfectionism, stuck in people pleasing. So the first thing that we tend to talk about is boundaries. Yes. You guys talked about boundaries a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Love this. Yeah. So the first thing that I'll, I'll start to talk about is, okay, where are you leaking your energy? Where is that going? How can we put some boundaries in so that you can create some space for yourself to think about what is important? Because when we get on that hamster wheel of like up, feed the kids breakfast, get to work, rush through the day, apply to a million WhatsApps, do the admin, get to, you know, it's just, there's no space to think about what's important. And I speak to clients often older who've done like 10, 15 years of that hamster wheeling. Mm. And they're like, I don't even know who I am. I feel like I've just lost these years. So I guess the first thing that I, I try and do when I'm working with someone is bring a degree of that sort of awareness, like, right, what are you doing? How are you spending your time? Where are you draining that energy? Lots of people pleasing. So saying yes to stuff when they want to say no, Mm -hmm. not being able to put boundaries in place, or maybe trying to put a boundary in place. And then the guilt that comes up when you first put a boundary in place, which is massive, means that they then go, oh, okay, I will do it. Or we will come for the weekend. Oh yeah, we will come for the extra night. And then they're sort of back in that that cycle. So I think boundaries, boundaries, boundaries and yeah. creating space are absolutely foundational and fundamental. Because, you know, I spoke to Gabor, Dr. Gabor Mate, who's probably like the leading thinker on human development in the world. And he said to me, your generation of mothers, this is the hardest time to be a mother yeah. since the Second World War. And he said that before the pandemic. So mm. now we're definitely there. So I think it's just recognizing how many pressures there are on our time how hard it is we'll be right back after this short break hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? You made a point about, you know, looking at some of the good in your childhood. So, for instance, some, you know, some of us may have come from a home where, you know, one parent was at home all the time and gave everything to raising the children, right? So, I remember my mum was pretty much at every drop-off, every pick-up, you know, was it, ballet classes um mate you know came home and we'd sit down at the table she'd do my homework with me we'd chat and we have a really 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 close bond now and I look back and it's so idyllic and lovely but I can't do that with my children and I find that really difficult because I well I know now that I couldn't do that because I find I actually find quite a lot of that quite boring and it it doesn't fulfill me and it's taken me a long while to kind of get my head around that that. and just and just admitting that I find that quite boring I find going to the park mind-numbingly boring um and (laughs) so I know I couldn't be her I know that I couldn't be my mum but I still want my kids to feel the way she made me feel yeah, um, yeah, and I think that is something I find re- I struggle with when when I think back of childhood. I think, but I can't create exactly what she did because she didn't have you know two two careers, and she didn't yeah. you know. There's so many things that she she didn't fill her time with. She was very much dedicated to me. But you 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 still feel quite guilty about that, George. Actually, I think sometimes you yeah. you, you have a bit of an internal battle about that because yeah. you know, and you and you, what you, what you're brilliant at is giving your kids quality time when you're with them you're with them you're also juggling but you you've taken all the best things that your mum's done like your mum was always there she always Mm. showed up and you guys are super super close now you're taking all of those good the best parts of her but then you're also introducing them that actually it's okay to have a career and you know mommy loves her job and you're you're really good at all that language George I think you're nailing that but yeah I think but I do think this is something that a lot of people feel you know when they're looking at perhaps the positives in their childhood like you say in the world that we're living in now there is so much pressure from everywhere and you can you know sometimes I just have to leave my phone at home because I think even if I want to speak to my friends I don't want constant messages 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 and I just want to be with my kids yeah um we're so accessible to everybody all the time Mm. yeah and our parents didn't have that no no Right. So we've got to, we've got to give ourselves some compassion, but I love what you just said, Georgia, for so many reasons. Firstly, I feel like you are doing an incredible job of modeling that authenticity because what you're really showing your children, no, not telling them it's okay to be who you are. It's really important to figure out what lights you up. You're showing them that. Yeah. That is so mm. powerful. It's so powerful. And also I love what you said, Zoe, about what Georgia was saying, which there's, there's a massive difference between presence and connection. There's a massive difference. There's lots and lots of people who are with their children all the time, but who aren't really with them. Yes. And that isn't what children need. Children need, and and I've done some amazing episodes on this. I think you might've had Joanna Fortune on the show as well, who's who talks about fifteen minute we, parenting. You don't have. Oh, we have. she's brilliant. No. She's brilliant. So she's a, a child psychologist, and she talks about how really children need just fifteen minutes of pure presence and connection a day. Mm. Yeah. We had someone on that said 45 and we were like, oh, fucking hell, we haven't done You know, you had to play with your children for 45 (laughs) minutes a day. And I was like, oh, no. no. 
No, go, let's go with Joanna Fortune. She said 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 let's go with that. Better. Let's go with that. But I think I think it's such an important point. And I would and I think it would be fascinating, George, for you to just grab a pen and a notepad and write down, you know, how did your mum make you feel? Because how we make someone feel is actually not totally related to how much time we mm. spend with them. You know, my, my husband often says this to me. We need to spend time together. Let's sit on the sofa and watch something. I'm like, that's not spending time, time together. together yeah. So I think I think I think, you know, writing down how did you make your mum how did she make you feel she probably made you feel really loved she probably made you feel really seen and really really connected with her and you can do all of those things whilst also modeling brilliantly this idea that it the most important thing in life is to is to be true to you I mm. really think that and I think if more children got that message in childhood the coaching industry and potentially the therapy industry would would be in massive decline because that's what we're doing as coaching and therapists is helping people figure out okay who are you and how can you you know unravel all those ideas and beliefs that you got that that told you was something other than who you were and how can you live that more and more I do I do think and that's really interesting what you just said there Zoe because I, I do think that trying to even, I mean, I've, I spoke about this on last week's podcast, actually, that, you know, I was in therapy for two and a half years to try and unpick some of the stuff that my mum unintentionally kind of dumped on top of me. Yep. But now it's had a strange effect because because of her actions, I'm almost too much with the kids, as in not not being with them, as in, I, you know, because I have to go to work and do all that stuff. But I almost find it really heart-wrenching to actually leave them because I think they think that I'm abandoning them. So there's that whole like abandonment stuff that I'm still trying to unpick. Like mm. I never, you know, I went to boarding school. I never want my kids to go to boarding school. Like I don't want them, I want them to come home every single night so I can be with them. Like sometimes I go and stand and watch them and sniff them when they're asleep. So I'm just like, oh my God, I never want you to get older. And I don't know. So like, I still feel like a lot of us are battling that stuff. It's not as yeah. easy as just going, oh, well, I won't do what they did. I'll do it the other way. It's like, it's actually quite a big trauma to go through as a parent. And actually when you become a parent, it is highlighted massively. Yeah, mm. that's that's ultimately, yeah. you know, why I started. Uh, yeah. And, you know, what I, what I discovered is absolutely that all of that stuff comes up. And I don't think we talk about it enough at all. You know, that all, as you were saying, Zoe, like all of that childhood wounding, trauma, you know, limiting beliefs, whatever words we want to put to it that feel right for us, all of that's going to come up to the surface. That's exactly what happened to me. Now, I think, let's put a positive spin on it. It comes up to the surface so that maybe we can change it and not repeat it. Yes. But, but as you were saying, it is quite hard, bloody hard, yeah. because yeah. you're also, um, you know, against the, the landscape that we were talking about, tired and stressed. I had someone on the podcast who said, it's nature's cruelest trick that at a time when your children mm. are learning about the world, because all our beliefs about the world get set between zero and seven. The brain is actually in a different brain wave. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were zero to seven, we we learn all those patterns. That's why things like um, hypnotherapy can be really powerful because it goes back into those patterns and starts looking at changing them. You so it's them. wow. It's such a it, it's yeah. such a cruel trick that at a time when our children are sort of developing beliefs about the world themselves, we as the mothers particularly are sort of trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this role. Yeah, we're really we're learning. We probably we yeah. might have a bit more of a clearer idea after seven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's never 
never it's never too late because we've got <laughs> neuroplastic brains which means that we can always change our beliefs they can always change their beliefs but i think i think it's just it is it is really hard the entanglement as you were talking about zoe with yeah. that ab- abandonment wound and i think as you said i could sense some space between recognizing that that's your stuff that's not theirs yeah. and that's really important to to try and and it, it that actually is 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 i i do a lot of that in journaling like what's mine what's theirs yeah and, and yeah, I, when I write it down I can get a lot of clarity I don't need to go to therapy now to, to do that stuff because I've done a lot of years of it it's just it's just writing it down okay what's theirs what's mine and knowing that you know I am going to get it wrong and it's really messy and it's really imperfect I don't think that matters at all I think what that what matters is the intention is the mm. awareness like am I bringing a little bit of awareness into what's my stuff am I bringing a little bit of awareness into you know, what some of my uh, challenges might be and, and and therefore do I want to repeat those or change those? I think and that's what you need. Do, yeah. Yeah. Do you, is it easier, do you think, to have a less complicated relationship with either parent? So for example, will, will, will there be characteristics that mothers will impart onto their children that fathers don't or vice versa? Well, it's really interesting. And this isn't my, I've not, I've not studied this, but I, I had someone on the podcast who has, who's actually, um, an addiction expert. And she said that your, your father and that those qualities are how you operate in the world. And your mother is who you are internally. Oh, God. So, you're, so your father is like what? Sort of like you're like practical, like how you, how you get, you know, how you, how you live operate your life. Ex- yeah. How you operate externally in the world. Right. And, right. You, and you take on from your mother. Now, this isn't, I've not studied this. This isn't my area of expertise. But she, she said that to me and I found that, I found that really fascinating. Yeah, there's, this is what I mean. There's just, there is so much incredible information out there that helps helps us navigate and unpick this really sort of messy experience. I just felt like, and I guess you guys, as we've shared, felt exactly the same. It wasn't being talked about on a big enough platform. And Mm. I just get fed up with the whole conversation being about routines and what to buy and what to wear and side hustles. Whereas actually my experience, and I know now millions of other people from the podcast, it was all, it's all internal, my challenges. Like I can sort out the external stuff all day long. It's really up here Um, and in my body, you know, we we hold on to these beliefs in our our body somatically, um, in our cells. I think it's just so important for parents not to forget themselves. And so whatever it is that sets them on fire, just to not, you know, not lose it and not forget about it. Because like you say, like you can, it's so easy once you're on this hamster wheel to be on it for 15 years and realize you've just lost basically 15 years of your life. The thing is that I've I've really learned is that children don't really listen to what we say. They they really look at who we are. And so I sometimes do this coaching exercise where I'll ask mothers to write down everything that they want for their children. So they'll tend to write things down like joy, happiness, success, whatever that means for them, deep love, acceptance, you know, beautiful, beautiful things that they'll want to bring into their children's lives. And I'll say, well, well, there's your list of things to start cultivating in your own life. Because if you want to guarantee that your child is going to, you know, feel that level of joy and beauty yeah. and acceptance of themselves, it's loads easier for them to do that 
if they get to watch someone really close to them doing it. Now, of course, they can yeah. go away and study it like I had to. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't have parents that modeled some of that stuff to me. So I've just gone away and learned it. But I think it's loads easier if we can if we can become really what what we want our children to experience so that's exactly as you say georgia like if you want your children to to do something that they love and is purposeful and and sets them on fire it's really cool if you can model that to them which is exactly what you're doing Hmm. oh zoe i can't believe we've got to say goodbye i know are there any products or tools zoe that you sort of swear by for anybody listening needs a little bit of help in this area obviously your podcast is one to listen to but are there any others yeah my podcast not because it's mine but just because I've, i've sort of got all these amazing voices on this stuff so on the internal experience of motherhood i don't think um, that there's, there's, you know, globally, I've got some of the top experts in the world talking about this stuff. So I would definitely send people there. Um, on other products, I did have a think about this. So one that I've started using at the moment is, do you know the Calm app? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so I've started using the kids' sleep stories, which is yes, just they're brilliant. We love them. Brilliant. Um, the other thing that I've just discovered is Whirly. Have you heard of Whirly? Yes, the toy rotation thing. Yes. Oh, yes. So I have just discovered that because I'm I'm trying to model in our home like su- sustainability more yep. and more because it's something that if I'm honest, like I've not been very good at. Like yep. there's too much plastic Same. in our house. So I was like, this is such a simple way to just and I chat to the girls about why we're doing it and when we swap a toy so you get a set of toys and then you get to keep what they love and you get to rotate what they don't and every toy goes through um about five or six families but they're all cleaned and it's all it's all sterilized and everything like that but it's just getting plastic out of landfill um so I've absolutely been absolutely been loving that recently brilliant love that so we were going to say goodbye thank you so much for coming on and imparting such wonderful knowledge nice tips it's been an absolute (laughs) treat thank you so much (laughs) it's another it's another one of those podcasts that I feel I've never actually had a therapist or been in therapy but because of these chats I feel like I'm learning and evolving in a way that you would if you had done years of therapy so thank you so much to Zoe for that chat and I hope that you've taken some learnings from it as well I think I definitely have and I think so many of us are striving for perfection we're trying to get it right all the time and actually we really just need to concentrate on making sure that we're happy and then I think everything else will fall into place if you've enjoyed this podcast then we would love you to rate review and subscribe we love reading the reviews but it also really helps get the made by mama's message out there and we do we just want to help so many parents so if you could leave us a five-star review we would really 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 appreciate it that actually sounds like i'm begging and i am um, as always our dms are always open we're on instagram you can find us on at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.